Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful. We appreciate this beautiful day out there. And God, we just rejoice in your glory. And pray, Lord, that you just meet with us this morning in a supernatural way. Touch our hearts to give us insight through your truth. And Lord, even in, as we look at the word this morning to understand how we move and operate in a spiritual world and that we're not of this world and therefore you you really touch us in a unique way and we thank you for that and, is, and just really speak to us of how we can walk through the confusion of this world and be strong and at peace with you and so Lord I ask you just anoint me to speak words of the spirit and that each heart be open to receive of the spirit so we give this day to you give this service to you ask for your presence in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we are looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. And just for your information, this will be the last uh, message on Thessalonians as going through the book. So we've gone through 1 and 2 Thessalonians, and it's wrapping it, everything up. And so as we think about how we everything about the We've gone over in the last several weeks the Thessalonians of the both books. This is really wrapping everything up. So as the Apostle Paul is writing it, this is what he's doing. Okay, I'm closing this up, tying a bow on it, and this is how I'm going to close it. And so here we are in Second Thessalonians 3.16. Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. Now, any of you that have your Bibles open or looking at uh, that verse, uh, you'll notice that it says in your Bible, I would almost bet, it says, now may the Lord himself give you peace. Now, as you see the overhead, I deleted me, uh, may. (laughs) I I deleted it. And the reason is that um, the word may, when you read that verse, is not in the original. It's, it's not there. They added it to make it seem understanding and, you know, of the sentence as a whole. And it's, um, and I don't want to take that lightly because it's probably in most every Bible you have. <laughs> so, so I want to say, how dare me to uh, delete it. But I just, uh, so I've just given you a heads up there. But I did because it's not in the original and when you read it, it reads like this, now the Lord, not now may the Lord. Now, to me, this is just to me, um, The uh, by removing the word may, it causes this, this statement to read in a stronger way, a stronger exhortation. It's like, well, may you have a good day. You're going to have a good day. I mean, that's the difference in the two statements, okay? So the statement didn't change. But it definitely, you remove the may there, and it it makes it more, I'm not going to say a command, but more of a directive, you know, a power statement. And it says, now the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. Very strong statement, I think. So it it is more like Jesus himself will give you peace and we should ask him to do so. Okay, I I mean, it's like, no, he will give you peace. Therefore, we need to ask him to do so. It's more of a stronger statement there. And even the last sentence of this verse says, 
The Lord be with you all. So, I mean, the whole thing is like, the Lord give you peace. The Lord be with you all. So it's making proclamation strong statement. I feel like here. And so it certainly seems to be saying, you know, we should be praying God into our circumstances. Now, we know God's present all the time, but certainly is an element you know, Paul knew God was present all the time, so why did he say the Lord be with you always? I mean, if he is, why did he say it? He's saying it because he's making a declaration, a proclamation to you, the Lord be with you always. It's, it's a, you know, a statement from him, a prayer from him, and we should take note of that. So, so as we look at this whole book, and it's just uh, fascinating that, okay, just use the word... God's saying, pray me into all circumstances. Pray peace into all circumstances to all of you. Now, with that, we see here Jesus himself, which is, again, you look at these words, they're fascinating. He says, you know, the Lord of peace. Okay, the Lord of peace himself will give you. What then the, the Lord will give you? He gives the Lord Himself. Don't forget, I'm going to emphasize it. The Lord Himself will step in and give you peace. So it's really a, in my estimation, a really strong statement. And in this world where there's, don't, doesn't seem to be a lot of peace, you know, and certainly we don't feel a lot of peace because there's not a lot of peace in the world. So I think it's something we should really take the heart. It's all scripture. Now, what we'll look at now, you know, answer the question is like, what is peace? Now, we probably all could have all sorts of definitions. What is peace? You know, peace is when the kids go down for a nap and I have an hour to myself. Well, yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> sort of, and that's true. But what is, it God ta- what is God talking about? And by the way, peace is throughout the Bible, throughout the New Testament. It talks about peace throughout so what is this peace that's so important? So um, I have, and this is, I'm not, I actually read this years and years ago, and, and I can't remember who said it, so now I've taken it on as my own, all right? But, uh, it, but it's a definition of peace, and I thought it was fascinating. And, and what this gentleman said, and he goes, this is how you understand peace. It says, in the beginning was God. And there was peace. There was peace. And then God created the heavens and the earth. There's peace. Total peace. Then God created all the heavenly beings. There's peace. Total peace. Okay. Then God created man and woman. There's peace. Total peace. Okay. So there, so there's the definition. That's peace. Then what happened? <laughs> Satan rebelled. No peace. No peace. What happened? What changed? Satan rebelled. There's no peace. Then man sinned. Now there's no peace. No peace. So you kind of get a context what peace was, and now you get an understanding why we don't have any peace. Satan's rebellion man's sin now when you look at this the only way the only way to have peace in this the only way to have peace here 
is to come back in line with God. Right? Yeah. Peace, 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 peace. Rebellion, sin. Well, to fix it, to have peace, you've got to come back in line with God. Satan needs to come back in line with God. Man needs to come back in line with God. Now we have peace. Now, when we look at this, we, we also understand that it is absolutely impossible to ever have peace until we come back in line with God. Now, partition from biblical view is like all the things working, and I always, people make fun of this all the time. I'll make fun of it all the time. They, you know, they ask like a, a pageant or something, Miss America something. What do you want? I want world peace. <laughs> you know, world peace. Well, it's not going to happen unless you come back in line with God. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to have world peace. You're not going to have peace of Inca unless you come back in line with God based on this definition of what peace is. So we see that peace, to have peace, we have to come back in line with God. And it's impossible to have peace unless we do. Now, okay, where does this leave us? First of all, Satan, the Bible tells us, Satan is unrepentant and he will never come back in the line with God. It's not going to happen, all right? So as long as Satan is in existence, there will never be any peace. Therefore, at the end of times, Jesus throws him in to the lake of fire. He's gone. Now, he's not an issue to deal with. But it has to happen, you understand? It has to happen or there can never be any peace. And he's unrepentant, so therefore that's the only conclusion, and that's why God does that, does that. Now, for mankind, what about all the people? All the people. For mankind, Jesus came in, and this is so wrapped up in the gospel message, but Jesus came into the world to reconcile mankind to God came to reconcile mankind. So when Jesus came, he brought mankind in line with God. So mankind is at peace with God, and God's at peace with mankind. So Jesus is the, Jesus is the one who aligns us with God, so there will be peace. Amen? So God's taking it back the way he intended it, the way the creation was, and the only way that there will ever be peace. Therefore, you understand, well, how do, why did you have to deal this way with Satan? Because there'll never be peace. He'll never repent like a fire. What do you do with man? All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. There's no peace. You can't save yourself. It's in Jesus, we're reconciled to God. We align with God. Now we have peace. Now it's the way God intended. We have peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is, you know, fascinating statement here. We talk God himself, the Lord of peace himself will give you peace at all times, at all times. Now here the question comes in, okay, you get here. To experience true peace on earth, function in true peace on earth. Now we know positionally before the Lord we stand before him 
we're at peace because anything we have done is fallen on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're at peace with Him. We know that. We, so praise Jesus for all that. But in this world, how do we operate and experience peace that God intended? And He certainly wants us to be more Christ-like on this earth. He certainly wants us to, you know, uh, transform our behavior so that we can function and to be more in line with what He desires us to do. And to experience true peace on earth, we must align ourselves with God. Amen? Ties into the whole thing. Peace, total peace. Satan rebelled, no peace. Man rebelled, no peace. Well, how do you get peace? Y'all get back in line with God. Satan will be done away with. He's not done away with yet, but that's his end. And also you have the whole world All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so there's no peace on this world. Why? Because sinful man is not aligned with God. Therefore, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are aligned with God. We have a relationship with him. But now, how do we walk it out? Christians. The world's not going to walk it out. World's not going even if they fake it for a while, they're not going to walk it out. But so, how do believers walk it out? We have to align ourselves with God. Now, there's um, and so as we look at, the, and again we get back to what this statement was. The statement is fairly strong when it says Jesus Himself give you peace. Okay, that's a really <laughs> no, it's a strong statement. So it's like. He is expecting us to be aligned with God and be able to walk in peace. How do you, how do you get our, how do we get our arms around this? How do we get our arms around this? And how do we walk it out as believers in the church? Now, our efforts outside of God will not bring peace. And as you come up through this, and you know, some people, well, wait a minute, you know, no. Biblically, our efforts outside of God do not bring peace that's not what does it may bring a pause but it doesn't bring peace now there was a uh, an interesting uh, statement in the, the devotional I says some of y'all read the devotional Jesus calling you know you can you can own up to it somebody says I'm not raising my hand on that okay now, everyone, so how I read it, because somebody will say, look, did you read this? And I'll look at it, oh, that's good. You know, I just, I don't read a lot of outside devotionals, but I get reference to them a lot, and they have some incredible insight. Well, this one, <laughs> Jesus and Calling, somebody said, you need to read this. And I read it, and I just found it was really insightful for me. But what it points out in this thing in Jesus call, and I wanted to say it was Jesus and calling because then I'd read it and somebody would hear me say it and says, well, this, he acts like he got that and he didn't get that. He got, that's Jesus calling. He's pulling the wool over right. So I'm coming clean. This is where I got this from Jesus calling. But what's interesting, it gives insight in about trying to gain peace through our own means. How futile trying to gain peace through our own means. And the statement it made was this. And it says, The wisest of all men, Solomon, could never think his way through peace. The process, Solomon, wisest man in the world, Solomon could never think his way through 
to peace. His vast understanding resulted in feelings of futility rather than fulfillment. I mean, smartest man in the world, oh, if I just knew everything I knew, and he got as close as any human being of knowing everything. I mean, and it led to futility and hopelessness. And, you know, people give you credit for writing Ecclesiastes. It's just like, is this all there is? Is this it? See, well, and that's where, that's where we're certain you're trying to find peace without aligning yourselves to God. Finally, Solomon lost his way, and he actually fell into idol worship. Actually took him away from the faith and took him into idol worship. Now, so peace can only come Peace can only come through our awareness of Christ. Christ is our peace. Christ is our hope. Christ is our resurrection. So if we want peace to walk on this earth, it can only come through Christ. Jeremiah told and he confronted the prophets. He said, you say peace, peace when there is no peace. See, and so you have to look at what this definition is, but then also helps you understand the world. It helps you understand ourselves, and you see what the problem is because they no one can come to peace. The world can't come to peace unless it aligns itself with God. This atheist country and this atheist country need to come to peace so they can interact with these other atheist countries. Well, now they've worked out all the details won't happen. Peace only comes through aligning with God. And God ultimately, physically, will bring that peace. So anyway, so we have the picture here, and it's uh, the, the whole thing. Then we have an understanding of what peace is and how we to go towards it to actually live into it. And then we also understand this. Peace is not dependent on our outward circumstances. If they would just do this, I would be happy. If I just had this, I would be happy. If this would line up like being in peace. Well, if you have that, do this, and everything lines up, you will not be in peace. Well, God says it won't happen. It will not happen. Peace is aligning ourselves with God. And so it's not dependent on outward circumstances. Now, and this is the reason, and this is the reason God is important and we must align with God. In this verse, the last sentence is, the Lord be with you. And Paul's saying, you need to have peace. Call on God and he will give you peace. The Lord be with you. Because that's the only way you're going to have peace. Amen? And so he's closing up this whole section with these two books with this. Now, This is, uh, I, say, I laugh at this. When I write this, I laugh at myself because I'm not here and I'm thinking, I'll share this with you and you'll go, you know, you could go on all day without saying that. But the truth of it is, when we say, when we say, when I say, we are not at peace. The truth is that we are not aligned with God. See, that has nothing to do with our circumstances. I just don't have any peace. 
Now, you probably shouldn't just dump that on somebody right off the bat. <laughs> you should kind of talk with them, walk through it. You know, we can come alongside and tell them Jesus loves you. But the truth is, and this is as far as we look at ourselves, and uh, just not at peace. That means we're not aligned with God. But so-and-so did this, and therefore God has to take there and will do that. And the reason you can't get at peace because of so-and-so, because you're not aligned with God and are not peace at peace with yourself and God. And if you're at peace with yourself with God, then you can really hand over all the other stuff because you know he is working in a powerful way to do what he intends to do. Amen? So it kind of comes like, all right, God, I want to be at peace. I want to be at peace with you. See, Jesus puts us at peace to the extent we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us while giving every situation to him. I mean, that's kind of like a definition of the Christian life right there. Once you're safe, you know, your, your peace, God gives you peace to the extent we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us. And we give the situation to God. God is our peace. The Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit fills us. We're at peace. This situation comes up. We give it to God. There you have the Christian walk. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. How can we maneuver through? God, fill us with the Holy Spirit. Give us your peace, and we give the situation to you. Peace. God's in control. We're not. And by the way, over a period of time, he will prove we're not in control. He will prove it. You know, just think. And, and the reason he's proving it, because he says, what you need to learn to do is you have peace with me, and then you can walk with me, knowing I'm taking care of everything. You have peace if we are aligned with God. Peace comes from being aligned with God. We don't have peace. We're not aligned with God. We're not aligning the Holy Spirit to fill us, and we're not turning to situations over to God as they come up. Now, so here's a, you, you know, th this is even goes back to le less than a couple of weeks ago, which was rejoice. First, rejoice. Why? <laughs> Why do we re rejoice? It's because you know, we aligned ourselves with God and we have peace, we rejoice. It sits and covers up, we give it to God. We rejoice, we have peace. It's all tied together. Oh, by the way, both of these are in the same book. <laughs> you know. And so, and, and, and what this does, it really cuts Christianity down to a basic level of how we walk day to day in it and how we function day to day in it and how we see God working in through us in the situation and being in step with God who has called us, chosen us, you know, in this world, in, in this world. And again, he says, rejoice. The message is a couple of weeks ago. It's like, oh, you can't rejoice 
can't rejoice unless, unless you've aligned yourself with God. Because it'd be absolutely foolishness. The only way we can rejoice because we've aligned ourselves with God. And we're rejoicing because we're aligned with God. And as things come up, we turn them over to God. And we walk with Him. And He works through us. And the Holy Spirit flows through us because we made the decision to rejoice and align ourselves. And all God's people said, Amen. And so it's a huge element for us understanding how to walk in through this life. And everything on the outward or even the inward doesn't feel like it works out. But God says, no, I got this. I got this. I got this. Now, I'll, I'll issue a little caution. And this is just for information. Hopefully it helps us to understand what's happening around us. You know, we say, what is God doing? Oh, I can't believe it's happening. You know, it's God's. And I don't, and I know for a fact, God's not frustrated. You know, I mean, he's I got this. In fact, he tells us, I got this. You know, it's like that. The problem is we don't think he's got this. <laughs> That's the issue. And so God is doing his work for his purposes. Now, here's the caution. Any perceived peace, any perceived peace, worldly peace, even in our own situation, any perceived peace without God, is only a pause in evil while wickedness gains strength to return with a greater vengeance. False peace may seem peaceful at the time, but evil, evil is just gaining strength in that pause. And since it's not of God, it's going to come back with a vengeance. Things don't get better. Things don't get better without God. But we understand that. And we understand a false peace for a false peace and are aware of that. It helps us to function in the situation. It helps us have confidence. And that we can stand before the Lord with confidence. And that's the reason this exhortation, if, if you will, the exhortation, Jesus himself will give you peace. Not may he, no, he will. He will give you peace. Jesus himself will give you peace, all right, in all circumstances. And also, why? Because we call him into the meeting and align ourselves with him in the meeting or where we are. So we're kind of excited about the terrible meeting. Because <laughs> we call God into that meeting or that situation. All right, so now true peace True peace is resting in the arms of Jesus. And there's a hymn or something about that, <laughs> resting in the arms of Jesus. I mean, that's what it is. It's just resting in the arms of Jesus. That's aligned with God, and that's peaceful, and that's a time of rejoicing. But it's like, it's our decision to do the resting. I mean, he's there, you know, but it's his, our decision to do the resting. But resting in the arms of Jesus, rejoicing and have peace. And then in this same chapter, we look at 2 Thessalonians 3.3. 3. And here's the things really important to our peace, really important to our resting. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3. the Lord is faithful. 3.3, 3. the Lord is faithful. God knows he's faithful. <laughs> the Apostle Paul says, 
He'll give you peace. Give you peace with authority. And you know it because God is faithful. But I don't have peace. And God, I don't feel like this is working out. And God, my real problem in my life is I don't believe you're faithful. Right? Because if we believe he's faithful, then we would align ourselves with God, receive his peace, and turn everything over to him and not worry and rejoice because he is faithful. Now, isn't it, I mean, if you read this, read the two books for Second Thessalonians and everything that was said, and he closes out, and he's got to tell these folks, listen, God's faithful. You know, because they're reading the whole thing. I don't know, man. This is a far, you know, this is a big jump for me. You make this, you believe this, and you walk in because God is faithful. And you have to believe God is faithful if you ever do what's necessary to align yourself with him. But God, if I do this, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. I can't happen, so I need to kind of compromise, and I need to work something out because down deep, I don't believe that you're faithful. I do not believe that you can handle this. By the way, we will have no peace whatsoever, no peace. So here, interesting starts off, 3-3. The Lord is faithful, and guess what he will do? He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. You mean you will really take care of it? Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I can just on the verge of rejoicing. I'm <laughs> just really close to rejoicing. Because you are, and you will take, you will establish me. You will establish each one of you. And anything the devil throws at you, you will be guarded against. Remember, the devil is unrepentant. He is wreaking havoc on the peace issue because he's gonna, not going to align with God. That's the reason he's thrown in the lake of fire. But right now he's loose. But that's okay. We're okay because God says, you have it because I'll protect you. I will guard you. And that word guard is a military term. And the whole term means like when an army guards someone. See? I will guard you. But look what's happening here. He says, yeah, no, man, there's no peace. They're not aligning with me. But God, no, there's no but God. I'm faithful. I have an army around you, and you're taken care of. Just rejoice. <laughs> Just rejoice. Align yourself with me. Just rejoice. Align yourself with me and watch. Watch. I love what it says in Habakkuk. He tells Habakkuk, says, Look at the nations and watch. Don't be upset. Just look at the nation and watch. See? Because a lot of folks, not at peace, are trying to solve problems that are impossible to solve without God. And so there's a the whole thing, pulling it together. So the big question is, and when I say this to you, I'm saying it to me. I'm saying it. I mean, know that, you know. Do we believe God is faithful? I mean, it really did. well, of course I'm going to heaven. Uh, he ain't doing nothing now. But I know that when I die, I will go to heaven. I'm wondering if you're that sure you're going to heaven because you don't think he can do anything now. I'm talking to myself. Because if I'm really sure I'm going to heaven, 
then I'm sure he can do things now. They're connected. Come out of the same book. Come out of the same book. So, and so he's going to say, I'll establish it. I'll guard you again. Don't, he's loose. You know, he's going to the lake of fire. He's really upset about the whole thing. Don't worry about it. You align yourself with God. You rejoice. You have peace because you're aligned with me. So, whole connection there. And so what happens here also, the enemy can't touch us, and it also gives us, and this is talking about outward situations and dealing with it, and I think that's the really focus, but it's also important going at the same time, it's the inner situation. We have peace inwardly, you know, that we're able to go on, and in this world, when things don't look peaceful, when things are going wrong, we still have an inner peace in the circumstances. Amen? And so we, we see this, and, and brothers and sisters, we, we need to see this and understand it, and we need to pay careful attention in, about aligning ourselves to God. We need to really pay attention to this. It, I mean, how have you, many of you said, why doesn't the Christian life work? I mean, maybe maybe crossed my mind. God, what are you doing? You don't understand what's happening. You don't understand if I do this, the consequences. You know, well, there's, um, there, there's no peace in those statements. No peace. You know, because if you align oneself with God, it's like, well, you got this. And you can't say that unless you're aligned with God. In fact, the only way you can say that is if you're aligned with God. And so we have to understand, we have to pay. If we walk away with one thing in this message the whole time, change your life right here. Brothers and sisters, pay careful attention to this. Peace comes from aligning ourselves with God. No peace only means one thing. No peace means one thing. We're not aligned with God. We're going down this path. Everything's going to hell in the handbasket. And it's like, God, I don't see how anything can happen. But I have peace because I blind myself as you. And you're going to work this out. You're going to surprise me and everybody else. That's going to be interesting. All you do is align yourself with God. Or we can try to do what Solomon did. And we'll take four or five different courses and try to fill ourselves with information. And we find us we're still in the same mess, going down the same path. And it's like, nothing I'm doing is working. It's futility. It's not God. What you said is not right. But when we align with God, no matter how much we understand, we trust God, we believe him, we'll stand with him, and know he is taking care of us. What we know is that we, best we can understand, we've aligned ourselves with God and therefore we're at peace. Therefore we rejoice. Therefore we can actually rejoice first because <laughs> we're going to align ourselves with God and let God take care of the situations. Now, so peace comes from aligning ourselves with God. Now I want to change gears just a little bit, okay, a little bit, but it's Deeply integrated and tremendously important, but it's, you know, focusing totally on our inward and not the outward. Totally on the inward. Because really, what we're doing inward will dictate how we handle the outward, okay? But this thing is really talking about 
up to this point primarily is talking about the outward and the things around us and to have peace with, with that. But to really have peace, we need to have the peace eternally, you know. You know, somebody, you should be upset. I, I know, I'm pretty good, you know, because we have peace eternally. Don't you understand what's going on around you? Well, yeah, but I'm pretty good because I have peace eternally. Well, how do you get the peace eternally? Eternally. Well, we would, what? Align ourselves with God. Amen? Now, this... Um, Peace, here's something very, peace is very sensitive. Peace is very sensitive to good and evil. Peace, very, just remember that. Peace is very sensitive to good and evil. Often, often, as we think about that, often we'll, and this is across the church. I mean, just the wide range of churches. You hear people, people don't believe God speaks to you. He don't believe God acts today. But they'll say this. I mean, this is widespread, which I think is very interesting. It's a common, I'm sure you've heard it before. Anybody that, any sense of walking with the Lord or God or Christ. When making a decision, you'll often, often hear people say, hear, you'll hear believers say often. Believers often will say this. And they'll say this. I have a peace about this. Have you heard that? Have you heard a lot of people say that? I have a peace about that. Why are you doing that? I have a peace about I don't. What are you doing? You know, how, how can I tell? I don't know. I just have a peace about that. Or they'll say this. I don't know. Didn't go. I just had a check. Just had a check of it. Well, there's nothing wrong. I know, but just had a check. Why didn't you go with someone who said, I don't know. I just had a check. Or they went, I went. I had a check. Shouldn't have gone. <laughs> How many of you heard a believer say, I just have a check? Right? You haven't. Well, <laughs> these statements are evidence of the divine presence of God. Of of the God of the universe speaking to us. If you have a question that God speaks, here, right here. I mean, even if you don't believe he speaks, you think he spoke. <laughs> I mean, it's like something, you know. Again, I'm going to read. The statements are evidence of the divine presence of the God of the universe speaking to us. Speaking to us. God's letting us know. He is speaking to us beyond our understanding to even receive it. It's like he just picked, he didn't believe I'm talking, but I'll pick him up and I'll make him so miserable he won't want to do it. It's just, gosh, I just can't do that. He ever walks out, I just can't do that. I can't, you know, God says, it's really hard, but I'm speaking to him. <laughs> you know? Now, and, and there's a great verse. I just love this verse, but it shows the whole picture of this. And by the way, the reason I'm sharing it is, is we walk, you know, oh, what's God doing, where I should go, and have peace, and how do you do this? And we whirl, we're like Solomon. We're trying to whirl ourselves around in the intellect that we can't figure out anything. We don't know what's happening anywhere. It's like, I don't know. 
not make any sense. And then God goes, it's not that hard. <laughs> it really is, is, is not that hard. You align yourself with me, what you know, and I'll direct you. I'll show you. Turn, if you will, and really turn here and write this down. Colossians 3.15. We've talked about this before. Colossians 3.15. Remember what Paul said when he's talking here. The Lord of peace, the Lord of peace himself will give you peace at all times. Directive. Almost the Lord of peace will give you peace at all times. The Lord himself is a really strong statement. Colossians 3.15. And the peace of Christ will rule in your hearts. Now, this is a great verse in walking through this life. Great verse. Let the peace of Christ rule. Now, what in the world does that mean? Let the peace of Christ rule. Well... There's 45 books here you can read, and you'll figure out. No. No, it's relationship and a dependence and believing that God is faithful, and you let the peace of Christ rule and take over. Peace rules, and peace takes over. Now, here's the important thing. This word rule, rule here, is only used here in the entire Bible. Only time. This is one time. You go look it up. You ever want to do a word today? Somebody says, oh, let me look up rule. Okay, there'll be a thousand words. You do, this is it. Only place it's used. Only place it's used. And it means, let the peace of God rule. And it means, and act like an umpire. It means to umpire. <laughs> it means to call balls and strikes. Let the peace of Christ call balls and strikes. Let it be an umpire. Or it means to decide. It means to arbitrate. Literally, it means to arbitrate, which means to decide. Let the peace of God decide. Let the peace of God decide. We should do, we should do nothing that would violate that peace. What is the peace really sensitive to? Good and evil. Don't violate that peace. And, and what's interesting here, Paul's assurance, and just like Paul said before, the peace of God, God will give, the God of peace will give you peace. He get, it's a directive, ask, all right? Well, right here, too, Paul's assurance is grounded on the divine nature. Not how smart we are. That was Solomon's problem. He couldn't get that extra step. Extra step. He couldn't get that spiritual step. He couldn't embrace the divine presence. In fact, the more... He learned about the things. It took him away. He just, just worship idols, which Bible calls idols things that you make with your own hands. I just worship with what I make with my own hands. 
Well, so what we have here, Paul's assurance is grounded in the divine nature. His assurance here is that the Holy Spirit's within us, Christ in us, either one, they're in us. And so let that peace of Christ in us call balls and strikes. Let that peace in us, let that peace in us make the decision. So people, I mean, they can't help it. I don't believe God talks, but I, I just was prompted and just have a peace about doing this. I don't believe God talks, and I just don't believe you look at that way, but I just can't. I just, why can't you do I just have a check. I have a check. You see, it's like God is overriding every thought we have of a believer. It's just, I'm, it's really hard to speak to these people, but I'm going to make it. They just can't get past it. See, God wants to speak with us. He wants to show us. And here's one thing. These verses in 2 Thessalonians and Colossians 3.15 pair. They pair up. They totally pair up. That's the reason it's the, I may the Lord give you peace. No, the Lord will give you peace. Declaration. And you let that peace umpire in your heart. Now, of course, we're always, I, you know, we're always confident that God is always guiding us. And, you know, he's with us at all times and stuff. And he's directing us even when we don't know it. And we believe that. But also, what I think we should really realize here is that, what we need to realize here is that uh, God will manifest himself in situations to a greater degree than at other times. I mean, and we've all experienced that. You're just going along and just walking with the Lord. But at certain times we call upon him, he will manifest himself in a greater measure. And basically one of the things that Paul's telling them telling us here, like he says, you're the chosen of God. God's with you forever, says it this long. He says, but the peace of God will give you peace. The peace, the Lord Lord of peace will give you peace. Call him him. He will do it. And so there's times of greater manifestation. So he's telling me is that when we do something like that, it is important for us to understand it and say, okay, God, I'm going to this guy. I just pray you into this meeting. God, come give me insight. God, pray me into this relationship discussion. God, I pray you into this situation. And then we come into that. We have peace because we just aligned ourselves to God. So we just peace and we're going to rejoice because whatever happens we're going to see god is the one working in this situation god working in this situation now so this is the reason why this is the important part this is the reason why we need to do something in every situation in every circumstance we come to the god of peace himself gives you peace Therefore, look at Second Thessalonians three five. Second Thessalonians three five. This is why the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Now all these are connected, they're not isolated verses right here. It says the Lord direct your heart to the love of God. How do we get there to the peace, to the rejoicing? to aligning ourselves with God, to the understanding, to see him work, we 
in ourselves direct our hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Thus comes aligning with God and rejoicing. Amen? It's really powerful. Well, how do you do this? I've been up all night. I'm going to pray and fast for a week and, you know, pray 24-7, which is, if God leads you to do that, I think you should. But this is what we should do first. This is what we should do first, okay? We direct our hearts to the love of God. I am chosen. I am loved. See, that's what he said in this book. You're chosen. I'm chosen. I am loved. You know, and God is faithful. I'm just focusing on the steadfastness of Christ. See, getting our head together to align with God so we can have peace. We can have peace. Now, I'm going to make another comment on this one. This word also I was, has the word may in it. It has the word may. It says, may the Lord direct you. Hope he does, you know, you know, just give it a shot. May. Now, I'm sure that's what the translator didn't mean. That. It's just the way it comes across to me. But it's not an original. It doesn't say may. It's a statement. Paul's saying, the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to steadfastness of Christ. Oh, I hope he doesn't. No, do it. And that's a decision. Oh, I may hope it happens. You walk along, something voice come out of the sky, and I hope it directs you. No, this is a decision you make to align oneself with God. God loves me, and He, Christ, is steadfastness. We make that decision. Make that decision. So, take. I took May out because it makes a stronger exhortation. Jesus Himself will give us peace. This peace will lead us and guide us. See, it's not, he'll give you, ask for it. He will give it. God, I pray you into this meeting. You take over, God. I give it to you. I'm not going to, Lord, just watch what you do and be prepared. And I'm trusting in you. How bad can this thing get? You know, we're going to see God work. And whatever happens, that's why wow, that's unbelievable. And we will see him move. And say, well, that is unbelievable. And we have peace. And we turned it over for God to do what God wants to do. It's peace. Peace. Now, I'm put therefore, just how this is written, therefore, and, and please please listen to this. Therefore, it is of Supreme importance for us to direct our hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Who directs our heart to God? It's our decision. I mean, the Holy Spirit, hope, it's our decision. Not may, hopefully. No, it's you. I know may to this. You. You direct your hearts. And you direct your hearts to God's love, your church, and to the steadfastness of Christ. I know you're kind of shaky, not faithful, but the Lord is faithful. Christ is steadfast. You direct yourself to the steadfast of Christ. Amen? Now, again, I know I'm being redundant and making the points here, but the thing of it, this is how we're supposed to walk our life. This is how we're supposed I mean, and I know, I'm just like, I walk out and 
Car's got a flat tire. Dear Jesus, what are you doing this? Holy cow, what is this nonsense? There's nothing in this section. And nothing in this section about that. There's nothing in this section about that attitude. And God's going, oh gosh, I had so much for you to do, but you got the stinking flat tire. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Drew's here. He can fix it for you, you know. I don't think that's what the Lord's thinking. See? Now that's how I would think. That's what I would think, you know. Okay. I wouldn't worry about it. I, I'm sure God can do his thing, but I got Drew. You know, it's like, right now I need Drew more than God. It just fixes, oh God, I can't believe I said that. But I have thought that other times, you know. But you see, this is our normal walk with God. This is what he's talking about, the normal movement of God. And it has to do with how we think. And then he says, when we have this and we think this way, and then we align with God and we have peace, then he says, I'll direct you. I'm so sensitive, good and evil. I'll direct you every step of your way from your heart. Let the peace of God call balls and strikes. Let the peace of God make decisions. Well, he may ask me to do the stupid stuff, and I'll do stupid stuff, and it's all because of what Wallace said. It's like, well, wait a minute. The first part is to align yourself with Christ. See, and then you do that, and you kind of throw me out of the picture. Praise Jesus. You know, but then you aligned, and we're like, so we have peace. Now we're sensitive to good and evil. Now we can take those steps forward, and we're aware of the whole world around us, not worried about it, but aware and have a confidence and a power in this world. Now, I'll wrap this thing up, and I, I put this as a note, and because I will, I want to make an application, uh, something that Linda and I. Do. So we're pretty faithful about this. I try to be pretty faithful about all the other stuff I don't do, you know. But this is something we actually do, and it's kind of a habit pattern that, that we have. And that Linda and I always call God into any meeting we're having. Now, we use the term calling God into the meeting. Some people would have a real problem with that, say God's already in the meeting, you don't need to call him in. But is an explanation connecting with God, and I, I believe it's a truth, it's a focus, that we literally call him into a meeting, and I think he appreciates that for us anyway. So, Linda and I, anytime we have any meeting, meet any couple, meet any person, go to any place at all, any place, we will pray God into that meeting. On the way to church in the morning, right here, we pray, God, into this meeting. You know, some of you after it's over, say, you need to pray harder, but that's okay. No, but we do pray. On the way over here, we pray, God, into this meeting. And for everybody that comes, we pray because we believe what this says. And so when we pray, God, into this meeting, we're enacting this Second uh, Thessalonians 3, 5. We are directing our hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ, and we ask God to come in to our meeting. You know, and so that's where we're okay, because we know if anything is going to happen worthwhile, God will do it. And if anything from the Scripture I say is worthwhile, it will be because God does it. 
And so we told the group, so that's what we do. Um, and I'm going uh, anytime Linda does any counseling or something like that, I th Linda never tells me. She says, it's none of my business. Any counseling, she does. Okay. But before every meeting, Linda and I, we pray for the meeting. And it's it. We pray God into the meeting. Every meeting, we pray God in the meeting. It's a divine opportunity. Lord, it's a divine encounter. And we pray you, Lord Jesus God, come into this meeting. And you speak. You take over this meeting. We give this meeting to you. And then I will ask, what happens? Now your business. So I never get to know what's going on. But I'm taking confidence that the Lord is really moving supernaturally within the meeting. But I do the same thing with all the meetings I go to. But this is why. This is why, right here. It's a work of the divine from within to align with God, to have peace with it and rejoice, and then in the meeting to watch God work. It also puts me in a position to listen to God and be aware that he's working and that, you know, some of the things it might be better off I don't say than what I do say. Because you're watching to see what God's doing in the meeting. All God's people said, see, this is what this is saying. It's really, this has changed your whole life. Change your, you're going to meet, hey, meet so-and-so for a cup of coffee. Just right there. All right, God, giving this to you, right? This is yours. Praying you into this meeting. Let this be in a divine appointment. You know, maybe talking about a mechanic fixing your car. It's a divine appointment. Lord, we give it to you, and we want you to see work in this. And it just becomes a habit just doing it. With Linda and I, that is a habit. So when we drop over and see a cup of coffee, just know we've prayed our way into your house already <laughs> before we get there. Now, and this is now closing this, people. Look at Ephesians 3.20. And this is a confidence. Pray God in. Have confidence. Be alert. See change. See change. Do this and be alert, and you'll see change. You'll say, huh. You'll see change. The whole dynamic will change. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work in us. We're exercising the power in us. We're just calling God's presence into our situation. And the God of peace give us peace. Why? Because we just called him in and gave it to him. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. And God, we, uh, as we go through this, I know it, you know, kind of, in a way, laboriously, but it's so important. Lord, just the simpleness of let the peace of God, let the peace of Christ call balls and strikes. God, we give thanks to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. And we have, we'll stand and you're dismissed from your...